Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. We're here today with Aaron File, the uh, creator, founder, CEO, and I'm sure various other titles of MindFix, which uh, is a really interesting organization, and she's a really interesting woman that I have uh, lightly stalked online for over a year now, and uh, I've gotten to know more recently than that, and who I'm very excited to bring out on the show today, and we're going to be talking about how to stop self-sabotage, fear, and worry, how to fix your mind. Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, of course, of course, it's my pleasure, and um, I have to say this is a topic that I'm very excited to to dig into further. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe it's not the best uh, the best marketing for me to come right out and say at the very beginning of my show that man, I feel like my mind is a jumbled and screwed up place, and hopefully in the next half hour or so you're going to tell me how to fix it. So I'm like pretty pumped. <laughs> awesome! It'll be uh, fun. So. You, you sent over to me um, the, the notion of how to stop self-sabotage, fear, and worry. So, man, I, if you're comfortable starting at this point, let's just dive headfirst into the deep end of the pool. And why don't you tell us how to stop fear, worry, and self-sabotage? <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot to understand about it. It's not something like you just you know, say a few affirmations and suddenly fear goes away and self-sabotage goes away. There's a process. Mm -hmm. And typically it, it helps to understand why we get stuck and why we're in our own way. And we can talk a little bit about how that works, about how there's an interplay between the thoughts that we think and the emotions that we feel and then the actions that we take, which end up in the self-sabotage. So we can dive into that shortly so people can have an understanding of what's actually going on. So it doesn't feel like a big black box. So it doesn't feel like I'm at the whim of my emotions and I just have these thoughts randomly. Why do I have these thoughts and nobody else has these thoughts? So we can talk about the why. Because I think once people start to get an understanding of what's actually happening, it gives them a sense of empowerment. Of like, okay, okay, this makes sense. This is doable. It's not just I'm permanent. This is my personality. I'm like this forever. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about the just general... Uh, explanation of what's going on. To actually start eradicating fears and self-sabotage, though, you have to have a level of self-awareness. You have to understand what you're actually doing. So I'll talk with people who say that, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with what's going on. Nothing is actually happening in, in my life. And it's really tricky to work with people like that who have no understanding of, like, this is upsetting me and this is wrong and there's anything that I want to change. So, so for someone like you who can come out and say, there's things that are frustrating me. There's things that feel messed up. That's actually a level above a lot of people who go, everything is fine. There's nothing wrong with me and I'm totally good. When you have awareness of what's not right, you can, you can communicate it and then it can be worked on. So once you have awareness of what's going on and you can clearly identify patterns and usually patterns come in three forms. Usually the patterns we want to change are counterproductive thoughts, counterproductive emotions, or counterproductive behaviors or actions. 
And when I say counterproductive, these are things that we experience or engage in that actually prevent us from being able to achieve and experience what it is we want to achieve and experience. So if I want to make $10 million this year, but I'm constantly having the thought that I'm no good and I'm not valuable, that's a counterproductive thought. Mm -hmm. If I'm constantly waking up in the morning every day um, terrified and feeling extreme anxiety, but I want to hit that goal, that's a counterproductive emotion. And then if I wake up and I sit on the couch and I eat cereal and watch cartoons for five hours a day, that's a counterproductive behavior that's probably not helping me achieve my goals. Mm -hmm. So when we get any of those things, none of those by themselves are bad, but when they become patterns that happen over and over and over and over and over again, those are holding us back. So having an awareness of what patterns are you experiencing that are keeping you from being able to achieve what you want to achieve is really important. Getting clear on your patterns is actually one of the first and most important pieces of self-awareness that allows you to then work on yourself. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And you know, you and I have, you and I have spoken before. Um, I guess full disclosure to the audience, I'm not a client of yours. Um, I have considered, and frankly, and am in consideration of becoming a client of yours. Um, so so I, I do. I can say that I am uh, intrigued and 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 certainly. I mean, I haven't been through it, so I'm not a testimonial. But I can say I very much believe in what you do, and that you're sincere about what you do, and that as much as it may have a too good to be true aura about it, which I'm sure you deal with a lot. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm convinced that there's, there's something really legitimate, incredible to what you do. Otherwise, frankly, I wouldn't be interviewing you on my show. Right. 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 Um, but, uh, you, you also know from our previous conversation that I've been through a ton of therapy and, um, you yes. know, my, what I love about therapy and, and frankly, it's been good therapy. I mean, it's therapy that's moved my life forward. Like I'm not that guy who's going to I go to therapy and nothing ever changes. Um, but the more I go through therapy, the more I, I sort of develop this fascination with our, our, the human mind, the human spirit, the human emotional construct, the human conscious, subconscious interplay. And just like, we're such complex, messy organisms. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And so my question to you, I guess, is, and I want to get into the mechanics as much as you're comfortable sharing about totally. mechanics. I realize we're talking about intellectual property, really, but as much as you can share. But but first, I I think everybody probably is going to want to ask, like, look, who the hell are you to to say that you've got all this figured out? Like, what's your background? How did you get into this? And how did you basically crack this code that you know? going back to Vienna a couple hundred years ago, people have been trying to crack and, and haven't done with the elegance that you kind of say you have. Mm, yeah. Well, also keep in mind, I, th I think it's, it's important to know that we, we don't promise anything that, that people out there aren't promising. We just work with very specific types of problems. Like we don't say that we have the cure for depression um, and even though people have come to work with us with severe anxiety and gotten off of their medications, we're not sitting around saying that we're an alternative to psychotherapy or we're an alternative to psychiatry or medication. We don't deal with mental illnesses or mental diseases. What we do very specifically, which makes us sound a lot less like, you know, pie in the sky, we're making these crazy promises, is when people are really specifically aware of certain patterns that they have, being perfectionism, 
Uh, I always blow up at my wife. I always procrastinate when it comes to speaking about money, whatever their patterns are. When people come to us and they have patterns, we can identify why they're engaging in that pattern and then we can clear out that pattern. But for us to suggest that, you know, we fix all problems in three months, everything is better. Uh, you know, I think that's when people get kind of the, the skeptical eye and go, this is, you know, this sounds too good to be true. What happens is people come to us with very specific issues that they say, this is holding me back. And if you can get rid of this, I will be so happy. Right. right. So we get rid of patterns. And you, and you do target specific people. It's not all people with certain mm. patterns. It's certain people with certain patterns, right? I noticed mm. you said entrepreneurs and high performers, right? We do specifically like to work with entrepreneurs and high achievers and high performers. We found um, when we didn't specify that subgroup of people and we worked with people in general, there was a large percentage of people that came to us who had more of a victim mindset, you know, like the world happens to me, fix me, everything's unfair. I'm just going to show up and you do your work and make me better. Whereas we found when we work with entrepreneurs and high achievers, there's a high level of self-efficacy and um, internal locus of control. And like, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to make this happen. Let's work together. I've got this. We're doing this. And it's so much easier to work with someone like that who is excited and, and empowered and makes things happen versus you have someone show up who is very much the opposite in a victim mindset of, you know what, everybody's mean to me and I got the bad luck lot in life and everything's against me and everything sucks anyway. So can you make me better? Like that's really draining and it wasn't fun for our team to work with those people. And even though it's possible, it takes like 10 times the energy and it's just wasn't yeah. thrilling and, and fulfilling for us. Uh, I can certainly see how that would be. You know, you just use two terms, self-efficacy and internal locus of control that I've, I've, bounced up against those terms many, many times in traditional therapy. You know, and I say traditional, I mean, therapy with licensed therapists who went and got master's degrees in psychology or social work or whatnot. Sure. So my, I, I'm, I'm wondering if that's a clue, and I would assume it is, that you, you guys are well studied in traditional main, you know, therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, rational emotive behavior therapy, like all the mainstream therapies. And that you guys have, you, you haven't said, oh, well, well, and I realize, you know, you probably have to be careful with claims and you're not, maybe not licensed and like, you know, we don't want to entrap you or get you in trouble. But like, it seems like what you're doing is like taking stuff that is vetted and is academically, you know, substantiated and like almost like improving on it. It's not like you're saying, oh, all that medic, all that crap doesn't work. Do this instead. Mm -mm. No. I would say it's, it's actually neither one of those. Okay. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in psychology. I was actually going to move forward and go down the psychology path and got pulled into tech um, around the dot-com time. I actually developed a, 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 got a master's degree in digital media, uh, built an agency, built out the agency for 15 years. During that time, I became quite well-versed in all the different therapies because I was uh, someone who went to them. I did CBT on myself. I did standard talk therapy. I, I, I was well-versed in all the therapies. And they're fascinating and they're stimulating. And it's really interesting to talk about your problems ad nauseum forever with someone. And it's really great to get it off your chest and talk about this is where it came from. 
but over the years, nothing ever worked for me. Like all the, all the different therapies. I never walked out of a therapy engagement going, I am a better person. This really, really helped me. I am changed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think one of the things with not all, but many types of therapies, including CBT is that they provide you with a shit ton of tools and tactics and techniques to help you cope with the challenges that you face in your life. And it's like, okay, when you have this thought, remind yourself you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Now, remind yourself, journal it down. That's the fourth time that you made a mountain out of a molehill or you've had engaged in black and white thinking, track it. So it's great for awareness and there are these tools, right? But they don't actually solve the root problem of why you're experiencing the issues. And so what we do is we actually pull on those threads. We get rid of the reasons why you're actually experiencing the problem so that instead of you having to learn how to cope with your issues, instead of you having to talk to yourself and pump yourself up and be like, I am confident, I can do this, and, and band-aid your issues every day, the issues just aren't there. When you get at the root problem and the root cause of why you're experiencing counterproductive thoughts and emotions and behaviors, they go away and there's nothing left to cope with. You don't need the traditional therapies. You don't need to talk about things and you don't need a plethora of tools to try to cope with issues when they're not there. So you're saying that obviously, you know, mental illness um, you know, medical issues, neurological issues, you're not, you can't deal with that or that that's beyond your scope. But basically with a healthy brain and a healthy consciousness that, or that I say healthy, that's functioning as it's designed. Sure. That you have the ability to sort of, I don't want to use the term magically, but surgically almost go in and remove core impediments so that you no longer need the tools. In other words, Cognitive behavioral therapy gives you a sledgehammer so that you can knock down the obstacles in your way. You go in and you just level the obstacles. Yes, 100%. So again, knowing that what you do is a proprietary process and it's your business, I mean, how much about this golden goose's egg laying process can you share with us? Because that's, I mean, if I'm watching this video or listening to this podcast, I'm like, I want to know, like, what is this all about? How does this work? Sure. Absolutely. Happy to share. So there are a number of different methods that we use. Um, A standard client that works with us will work with three different coaches in different ways. We attack issues on different levels, but some of the root work that actually causes the elimination of the problems is uncovering the stories and the belief patterns and the constructs that are keeping people locked into the same way of being and keeping them looping and acting in the same way. When you can pull those out and clear those out, that's what stops people from getting stuck and being in their own way. So I can give you an example. Um, There was an entrepreneur we worked with. I worked with her personally recently in the last three months, four months. And she has been wanting to launch a new business for 10 years. She has a business, um, you know, seven figure business, but hates it and has had this dream business that she is like her heart's passion that she's wanted to launch for a decade. And she's known it in her heart and she's wanted to do it. 
And every year she says she's going to do it. And every year she doesn't. So her pattern that, that she wanted to get rid of was this procrastination and avoidance of not taking action on moving forward with her dream business. Mm -hmm. So we sat down and we looked at it and what we uncovered is she was reading all these books about, you know, how to start your business. She was reading all these books about how to have confidence. Um, And she was going to these seminars about, you know, you can do anything, put your mind to it, but nothing really worked. And what we uncovered in a couple conversations is she couldn't bring herself to move forward because at the root of it all, she was actually terrified of success and not just success. She was terrified of what would happen if she was successful. This is someone who travels the world and is location independent. And we uncovered that she truly believed that if she had frozen. Oh, we can hear you. Okay. She truly believed that if her business was successful, she would have to stay in one location and she would Mm -hmm. lose her independence. We also uncovered that she believed that if she um, started this business, she would be unlikely to meet the man of her dreams. And there were one or two other pieces that we've kind of pulled out that we found out that she was like, but if this works and if I get this and I get this dream that I say that I want, these things will happen when I'm successful. So these things were huge. And it's like, if, if you truly believe those things are going to happen and they're going to not be, you're not going to be okay. If you're successful, there's no way you're going to have the motivation every morning to move towards what you think is actually going to be a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. So what you're able to do is when you can take those stories of, um, if I'm successful, it means I'll lose my independence. If I'm successful, it means I won't be able to get a man. And if I'm successful, it means I will lose these other things that are important to me. When we were able to take those and crumble them and disintegrate them and get her to see that those weren't true, her entire way that she perceived her life changed. And within the next 60 days, she began starting her business. And she's actually, I think she just got back from Las Vegas at a trade show and she's actively building the business right now. Like that's all it took. That's the kind of thing where when you can find out what's holding someone back, what the stories are, what the beliefs are, what the constructs are that are in somebody's way that are keeping you from acting a certain way. And then you can dissolve them. Things can change in an instant. You can have literal transformation. This woman had not moved forward for 10 years, a decade of her life. And within 60 days, she was taking massive action and beginning to build the business of her dreams. So it almost sounds like this term we use self-sabotage that that term itself is a misnomer and maybe part of misunderstanding or, or misunderstanding the problem or attacking it the wrong way. It's not, it doesn't sound like we're really talking about self-sabotage. It actually sounds like we're talking about reinforcement of a misguided self. Oftentimes, right. They're acting to actually support what they believe. They just don't realize they believe it. Support what they believe or support what they value. That's another thing is oftentimes we get stuck saying we value something. I really value having a beach body and looking great, but I also value staying at home, relaxing and eating pizza, right? Sometimes we have these competing values. So we'll say we want one thing, but they're not really truly what we want. 
and our actions will often show what we do want and what's more important to us. So sometimes it's a matter of uncovering what, what we truly value and what's truly important to us. Some people will say, I really want to build this business and yet they're not willing to give up, you know, family life mm-hmm. and, 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 and vi- or vice versa. So it's a matter of finding and uncovering what's really important to us. And then if it is important to us and something's still stopping us and we truly value it, what are the stories and the beliefs and the roadblocks that are in the way that are keeping us from actually taking action? So one of the uh, quotes that was, I say quotes, I mean, it's not a quote, it's just a thing somebody said to me. And the fact (laughs) that I repeat it makes it a quote, I guess. Quote, it's a quote. (laughs) That was a great quote. And he's like, I was just talking. But, but one of the things that somebody said to me once that has, has hung on to become a quote in my mind is that change doesn't come from insight. Change comes from experience. And, it, and, and kind of that like, like you're saying, and it almost sounds like you're saying that actually the right insight can be so powerful that it has the same impact as experience. As so like here's, here's my, my favorite example. Every single year, year after year, you can take a young child and they will mail a letter to Santa, they will leave milk and cookies out for Santa, and they will beg you to take him to the mall to go get a photo with Santa. Every year, like clockwork, it'll keep Mm -hmm. happening, right? So if what your friend said was true and change happens from experience, you would think that there would need to be experiences or it would take time for a child to change. I would say that one conversation over the course of three minutes where the insight is provided that, Hey honey, that was a mall Santa. There is no North pole that where the letters get mailed. Rudolph couldn't possibly be at 7 billion people's homes, you know, over the course right. of 24 hours. And I ate the milk and cookies and those were dad's boots, not Santa's. Like once you give a handful of insights that completely restructures how the child sees things, the change is instant. There's no more. I want to go to the mall. There's no more thoughts about leaving milk and cookies out. There's no more writing letters. It's instant. It's instantaneous. And the change is permanent. It doesn't come back. You don't need more experiences. You don't need repetition. Like once you provide the right insight or once you provide the right shift in the mind, the brain can let go of thinking about things and seeing things in a certain way. And the instant you see something differently, everything changes. You might be married to someone for 30 years and be like, I have the best marriage. I have the best spouse. This spouse is faithful and we are, we are soulmates. And then you come home one night and you walk into the bedroom and your spouse is with two other people in bed, right? And suddenly, in an instant, the whole like story and belief and the way that you see this person as the perfect mate, the soulmate, you know, like it doesn't take repetition and lots of experiences and lots of time. Things really can shift in an instant and change in an instant and, and, and drastically too. Are there some, and, and I'm glad you gave that second example because the, the question I was going to ask is I was going to say, well, 
isn't that a difference between a child's brain and an adult's brain? Is that children are much more malleable? They're still trying to figure out what they believe about the world. But then you gave her this great adult example, which clearly I, I can't disagree with. Um, my question is, and maybe, maybe you've already answered this based on your description of who you like to work with. Aren't there some people who actually can be in such denial that even if they walked in on their, their spouse in that situation, maybe not immediately, but over a little bit of time, they could be convinced that there was some other explanation and that actually, like, you know, there's so much inertia or residue or attachment to their previous belief about the world that it actually is hard for them to change, even in the spite of overwhelming evidence. Mm, yes, that's a fascinating topic. So, when we have really deep beliefs, evidence doesn't change our minds. So this is why you might have your favorite president, right, in the universe, and they may start to do all sorts of horrific things. You know, they may cheat and philander and cheat and cheat and then do awful things and start wars, and you may still be like, best president ever, right? Okay. And, and it, it's like if it was a president that you hated and they did the same thing, you'd be like, worst president ever, right? Or you could have a best friend and maybe the best friend does some horrible things, but you're like, they're good. They're good. They're a good person inside. And you just kind of go, no, it's fine, mm. right? Evidence doesn't change our minds. And that's because we have our reticular activation systems. And once we believe something to be true, our minds literally filter out evidence to the contrary and focuses in on all evidence that proves what we already believe to be true. So we don't go around creating beliefs based on what we see. We see things based on what we already believe. And that's why you can have all these political fights and people see the same things that are happening in politics, but based on what you already believe, you're going to interpret it in a certain way. So, there's research, tons of research, tons of studies that show that once your mind is made up, we can, you can dump all sorts of evidence and facts to the contrary, you know? Like once you buy something, you can find out that you made a really bad purchase and you'll be like, no, it was great. It was great. Mm -hmm. And um, so evidence doesn't change our minds. I can't just sit here and tell you all the reasons why we're a good company and then suddenly you want to work with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like evidence and facts. If that's all it took, sales would be really easy. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. And that's not the case. That's not or, the or case. Or it'd be impossible in some cases when people yeah. actually do make sales. <laughs> true. This yeah. is true. Right. So evidence is a, is a funny thing. Evidence is different based on what you already believe to be true. So that's why when you sit and you go out with your friends and your buddies, and that's why when you sit and you talk with a therapist and they're sitting there and you, people are trying to convince you of something, it doesn't work. Like if you have deep down, if you truly believe you're not worthy, if deep down you just believe you're just not good enough, you can sit with friends for a week and they can give you a million reasons of all the ways that you're good enough and you'll sit there and at the end of the week, despite stacks of evidence, it's not gonna change your mind. It's just not. So, you guys on your website, it said you have a 96% success rate. Yeah. So is that because you are selecting a population to work with that is 96% likely to respond to evidence? 
Or is it because you guys are better at presenting evidence than friends and the rest of the world? It's not about presenting evidence. If it was about presenting evidence, then, then I could just get on a call and be like, you're awesome and you're great. And here's all the reasons why you're great. And you made a million dollars. So you should love yourself. That Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Evidence doesn't work. The reason why we have such a high success rate is number one, we're very clear about the types of problems that we solve. And we say that we we're very clear. We can't solve all problems. Mm -hmm. Number two, we're specific about the type of audience that we like to work with. And number three, we have an application process and we turn away a lot of people. We make sure that people are going to be really good fits. And when they're not, when people show up and we're like, they don't have the right mindset or their challenges are not a good fit, we turn them away. So we're just really selective and we make sure that we work with the right people. That's what increases our success rate. We could have a bigger company and take on more people and not have as good of a success rate, but we're really, right. really committed to making really massive changes in our clients' lives. So one of the things that I, I work with and deal with a lot in my career at, with Entra and, and training entrepreneurs um, yeah. is, is you know these core aspects of, of success. What, what are the real drivers of success? And it's, it's things like being adaptable, things like um, being, you know, kind of the same things you're talking about. The, the things that predict business success are often, are also, it sounds like the things, many of the things that predict more business success or more, you know, success is, it's like success, right? It leaves clues and things like being adaptable, willing to challenge our own pre- you know, preconceived notions and our own beliefs and our own assumptions and never being too bought in on our own version of the truth and, and confronting our stories. You know, I deal with that stuff too. So I guess my, my question is how can, you know, cause my audience is a, is a very aspirational audience. Your audience, you're, you're focused more on people that are kind of at a certain level and they want to get to the next level. I'm at, I'm, I'm really throwing my arms open to anybody saying, Hey, there's these levels up here and they're really awesome. This is where like most of the cool people hang out in terms of quality of life. Yeah. We're not, we're not stuck in nine to fives. We're not getting punked around by a boss or a big corporation. It, whatever ladder we decide to hang out on, we're usually able to ascend, like come play up here. And people are like, how do I get there? How do I get there? And you're, you're essentially your application process is describing the kind of people that are likely to get there. But how does the average person, actually develop the right mindset so that someday they can be at seven figures working with you to get to eight figures, you know? Mm. I think the first step that anybody can take, and that's really important, is the self-awareness piece. I think so many people run around and don't even have that first piece. And they're like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I have a good mindset? And I think at the, at the end of the day, so many of us it's important for us to understand that we have everything we need inside of us. We aren't broken. We don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be trained in confidence. It's there underneath. You were born with it. That's why when you started walking, you walked and you walked and you fell and it didn't, you didn't like give up. You just Mm -hmm. kept going. And then the next day you walked and you walked and you fell and there was no like, Oh, I forget this. You just did it. And you kept going and there was no question. And you, it was just like, I'm going to keep doing this until I get it. And maybe it takes me a week and maybe it takes me a month. And I don't know how long it'll take me, but I'm just going to do it. And I think a lot of times people feel like they don't have confidence inside of them. They don't have a sense of wholeness inside of them. But that's all there. There's just the crap that gets layered on top that we need to be aware of. And instead of saying that's who we are and I need something else outside of me, having an awareness of what that crap is and the stuff that's holding us back 
that by itself, I have seen people that once they bring awareness to what's actually going on, they've been able to clear it themselves, just bringing awareness. So sometimes, um, you know, I have, I have a Facebook group and I had everybody do an exercise this last week and I simply had people write down their thoughts three days, just jot down, you know, a few times a day, jot down whatever's going through your mind and you'll start to see patterns. People started to see how much they were beating themselves up. People started to see that they were repeating the same thoughts over and over and over, that they didn't have 95,000 unique thoughts. They had the same 20 over and over and over. Right. They started to see the same judgments that were showing up over and over and over in different situations. And suddenly we had people coming back going, oh my God, look at these patterns. I'm really not like screwed up in a million ways. I've got these six patterns that keep repeating over and over and over in my daily life. And you know what? I know where this one comes from. I think I'm able to like figure it out on my own. Like people were having all sorts of insights and seeing themselves in different ways, simply by bringing awareness onto what was going on up here and slowing things down for a little bit. And then what I offered the group, and this is my million dollar question is you take the thoughts and what you do for each one is you ask yourself, what would I have to believe to be true in order to keep thinking this over and over again? Mm. And then instead of staying at the therapy level and just having these conversations about, I think this, I think I'm going to screw it up. I think people don't like me. I think this, I think this, what happens is you get to drop down to the root level. You do not have thoughts for random reasons. You do not have just random thoughts, boop, 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 like out of nowhere. The thoughts that you have are dependent upon the beliefs that are sitting at the root level. So if you have a belief, I'm going to mess it up. They're not going to like what I say. This is never going to be good enough. It's very likely that you have a belief. I'm not capable, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do to address those thoughts, if you have that belief that belief is going to keep sprouting those thoughts every day. If we can come down here and pull out that belief and get rid of I'm not capable, guess what? Those thoughts don't come back. Those thoughts stop terrorizing you. That frees up an incredible amount of energy. That gives you power. That gives you energy and power, and you can move forward with, through your day without resistance and frustration. You don't have to work on trying to defeat these thoughts because the thoughts aren't there anymore. So what we're doing with these exercises of self-awareness is working backwards. When you can uncover these patterns and these thoughts that these patterns and these thoughts, and then ask yourself, what the heck would I have to believe to be true to keep having these thoughts? Right. Mm -hmm. You can uncover the root causes. You can uncover the exact reasons why you keep having these problems and these emotions and these thoughts that are crushing you every day. That's what we eliminate. That's what we work with in our program is getting rid of the roots. When you get rid of the roots, they don't sprout all the problem thoughts and the emotions anymore. So, so it's almost like evidence. You were talking about, you know, evidence isn't effective. Evidence is like arguing with the thoughts. Yes, exactly. Right. So you're playing at the wrong level. Yes. Yes. It, because here's the other thing. There's a level above that. We were talking about thoughts, right? Well, the thoughts that you have, guess what? Those impact how you feel. So if you have thoughts of I'm not capable and I'm stupid, I'm going to mess this up. Guess how your, what are your emotions going to be? Anxious, scared, fearful, right? And guess what? If you're feeling that way, the level above that, how are you going to act? Right. 
You're not going to take action. You're going to avoid your work. You're going to sit on Facebook for an extra five minutes. You're going to call up your friend because, oh, this feels so good and you don't have to deal with your fears. So your actions are up here. So people are running around, reading books, talking about change your habits, change your actions, change your keystone habits, work out for five minutes a day. And it's like, let's try to change our behaviors and our actions. There you go, right? So Power of habit. Duhigg. <laughs> yep. Charles Duhigg, right? Yeah. And it's, it's great, but you change your ha actions. But guess what? You still got your emotions of anxiety and fear because guess what? You still have your thoughts of I'm going to mess this up and people aren't going to like it because guess what? At the root of it all, the cause, like the pee at the bottom of all these mattresses that are stacked on top of it, the thing that's causing the ripple impact all the way up, I'm not capable. You pull that out, that changes your thoughts, that changes your emotions, that changes your behaviors. Everything up the line changes instantly instead of you trying to push all the way down and work in the opposite direction. So let me ask you a, a question. I, I'm, you know, my, the, like the, the great challenge of my life is, I, I, and I've chosen this challenge, is like helping people have a more awesome life and they get to define what that is, but usually the definitions center around kind of more, more money, more freedom, more time, more choice. It's just kind of a cluster of like more autonomy, right? Okay. Um, and, and, you know, the universal formula for that, unless you have a rich uncle who's about to die is usually starting some kind of a business, right? Or, or developing a skill that makes you more valuable in the market of your current industry. Okay. And that, that's, that's like kind of an easy insight. And then it's simple. It doesn't mean, well, I should say it's a simple insight. It doesn't mean it's easy. Um, and then it's like, okay, we'll do this, 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 and this, you know, you can look at anybody's circumstances and kind of diagnose a path to becoming more valuable and or starting, you know, a, another thing, a side hustle or something. There's like, there's always a way to improve your life. And yet you look at the stats and, and I just did a quick Google search and it's like, why do businesses fail? And we all know the data. It's like half of businesses fail in, in five years, 90 or 80, it depends who you ask, percent fail in 10 years. And even then to say, oh, well, the remaining 10% succeeded it doesn't actually mean that they succeeded in giving the person the life that they wanted. It just means they didn't actually shut down. Okay. They could still be struggling. They could still be breaking even barely and never seeing their family. So like the actual percentage of, of new ventures that really succeed in terms of the, the venturer's definition of success seems extraordinarily small over the long term. And then you look at the reasons why businesses fail. And I just Googled it real quick and there's like, this, this breakdown of, you know, there was no market need. They ran out of cash. They had the wrong team. They got out competed. There were pricing issues the poor marketing. They ignored their customers. They lost focus. They mistimed their product. And like this whole long list of like 20 things. Is it fair to say that that list is, is, is taking data that's up a level or two above the real issue and that the real issue that, that would be in, incredibly valuable to me if I could diagnose and treat is core issues around belief in belief about self. <laughs> and that frankly, there's some people who it doesn't matter what circumstances they're dealing with. It doesn't matter what conditions they're dealing with in the market or their life or what else they're going to succeed because they got their beliefs in the right place. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And so if somebody says, Jeff, you, you, you know, I came here to learn how to 
build sales funnels or I came here to learn the mechanics of how to market with ClickBank products or I came here to learn how to, you know, take care of a, an SEO client or whatever. And, I, and, and they say, well, and you seem to spend 90% of your time talking about beliefs and, and core mindset. Am I fair in my response to say, yeah, because that's actually what it's all about. Because if you have that, you'll fill in, you'll naturally do the things needed to acquire the tactics and the strategies and the information to be able to deliver the product or service or whatever it is. But you'll stand out because you have your house in order. That'll attract clients to you. That'll attract people to you. That'll infuse your copywriting. That'll infuse your funnels. And most importantly, it'll infuse your life. So you'll do the things that are hard, which is where most people stop. Yes, it's so true. And to add to that, because I can already hear like people kind of going, but, 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 but this, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is possible to build and run and scale and have a successful business with the wrong beliefs. The more you have those beliefs, though, the more you have to fight against them and the more resistance you have. I know people who run multiple businesses who on the outside look super successful and people would be like, I'll trade anything. And I, we work with them behind the scenes and they're having panic attacks going to the hospital, like just worst case scenario. I worked with a fellow who had a nine figure exit and he was in his twenties. You would think I'd give anything to be him. He was panicking every day that he was going to lose everything that he had created. And he walked around and woke up every day with the deepest sense of guilt you've ever experienced in your life going, I don't deserve this. I have everything and I want, I want, and I don't deserve this. How can I even live? I didn't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't have this. So here is somebody who we, we'd all be like, we'll trade everything. And he was just as miserable as somebody who'd be like, I'll trade spots with him. And he couldn't enjoy it because of the beliefs. Those were literally crushing him. It was actually easy. We worked with him for like less than a month and got rid of the, his beliefs around deserving and things are going to go wrong. And, um, you know, I, I shouldn't have this kind of money and he was able to enjoy it. So it wasn't really much work to work with him. But had we not done that, he would have continued moving forward with his life, having everything that anybody would ever want and, and have been absolutely miserable. Hmm. That's powerful. Um, yeah. So, uh, I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, yeah, and, and this is fun. Perhaps we will. Um, I want to kind of end with one big, it's not a four-letter word, it's a three-letter word, but I want to tackle it. I want you to talk about how it fits in this whole, this whole paradigm that we're talking about, if, if you would. Um, and, and I'm thinking of it in terms of the resistance, the because I think you and I, we're sort of attacking similar dynamics at maybe at different levels, which is just helping people break through, right? And where I feel like I bump up against a lot of friction in my work is when I come up against people's ego. And I suspect you have a more sophisticated maybe way of using that term than I do. I'm, I'm speaking in terms of ego as like the, the I'm right and I'm not willing to go there type of behavior. Um, I'm in my way, but I won't admit it. So therefore there's no getting out of my own way type of thing. So I'm curious, just how do you work with and, or maybe how do you understand ego as a challenge? Not so much because I need to win and, and get somebody to 
get their ego out of the way. But for other people's benefits, if people are stuck in that place of ego, that seems like such a trap because it's like if you're in your ego, you don't want to admit that you're in anything. How can somebody get out of their own ego? I guess that's tricky. Like when we hear people talk about ego, it's a really nebulous space in terms of like, what does that look like to you? Are you just talking about somebody who can't admit that they need to change? Either can't admit that they need to change, can't admit that change is the only logical way to reach the goal that they've stated, can't admit that they have the ability to change. It's some, yeah, some variation on that theme. So some of those are different. So if someone says that they can't admit they have the ability to change, they may just have a belief that change, they can't change. That's literally part of our program is um, we have to work with people's beliefs around change at the beginning. Otherwise, no program they enter, they're going to be fighting it the whole way. Let me, I, we, think, I think, sorry, I think I just had a light bulb. Let me, let me restate my ego question in a way that I think will address how I, okay. what I mean when I say it. It's, People who don't want to admit that change is a necessary part of whatever oh. they're trying to achieve because it, in their mind, it would mean them admitting they were wrong. Oh. Um, and that's that a big sounds, one. I mean, I see that. I feel and see that a lot. So sometimes people have beliefs around being right. Yeah. And people will come to us and they'll say, I have, I have to be right. And it's literally something we work on to change in people. They have to be willing and wanting to change though. There's the whole, there's a reason why there's a saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. If somebody does not want to change, good luck. Or the only way that you can get like a foot in the door and start to crack that open is to tie the requirement to change to whatever their highest value is. If it's like, look, if you really want to make a million dollars, if you really want to be able to pay for your child's heart surgery, if you really want to save your marriage, you're going to have to be able to change. And here's why you have to connect change to whatever their highest value or values are. And if you don't, they're not going to change. Are there, have to want to change. Are there people that are at least in the short term unhelpable? Unhelpable. If they don't want to be helped, if someone just doesn't want to be helped, are there and some people, people don't, oh, some people don't. Are there we, people who come to you with a goal or with a challenge and then yet once the process begins to say, okay, here's what it's really going to take to deal with that, they, they become unhelpable even though they started from the standpoint that they wanted help. No, that's why we have an application process. We weed, we weed those out. Like, so they're out there. You just you just buffer them, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I frankly I do feel like I, I bump up against those people sometimes. I mean, if somebody's yes. on my list or they're in my audience, it's because they're they're seeking something. Yeah. But they just don't always like what they hear, and then there's nowhere to go. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, Lisa, I, I know I'm not alone, but I'm I'm uh, I'm really intrigued by your process. So if people want to learn more about you and what you do, tell tell me to or tell them. Sure. So um, I'm on Facebook, Aaron File, P-H-E-I-L. Um, we also have a free Facebook group. If you look up Mind Fix, um, there's a little logo with a, a head and a spiral in a black and white. And you can join our group for free. 
and those are and then we're at mindfixgroup.com so facebook group and mindfixgroup.com we have okay. a results page where you can see everything that we've done for our clients and see what's possible cool on uh, at least on youtube i'll make sure those links are in the description below the video beautiful thank you <laughs> uh, yeah and i can tell you that uh it's worth it's absolutely worth following aaron on facebook um the way i got intrigued by aaron and her work is because uh basically i must have been without even realizing it lingering on your posts longer than I linger on other posts or engaging based on Facebook's algorithms because one day I realized I see every single one of this woman's posts which is Facebook is detecting my interest in your posts and so now Facebook serves them all up to me and that's I started commenting and that's kind of where how we even got you know speaking with each other but yeah, uh, yeah I, I would recommend Aaron as a as a very interesting and engaging person to follow uh, online. So yeah, that said, Aaron, I, uh, I really appreciate your time. I think this has been a great conversation. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. Take care. And thanks everyone. Uh, thanks for being here with the show and we'll see you on the next one. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.